This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mint Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but to myself. That goes without saying. But what dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, It's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a Starman playing for the Whites. His name's Alfie Devine and he's fucking dynamite. Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. As you know, John is not here, which means that I don't know how edit the theme tune on. So you've got me singing a different theme tune. So celebrating last night's historic win that puts us into the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup for the first time ever. Three games away from Wembley with the semi-final being two legs. Four games away from Europe, getting them passports dusted off. And the quadruple still on, which is more than Man City can say. What a team. Sat is all forgiven, but we'll get into that in a bit. Before we talk about last night, I'm joined by Will Turner. Will, how's it going? Very good. Very good. Like you say, much better after last night. Looking yeah. Looking later. Can't wait. Can't wait. I predicted the winner of United or Castle at Vale Park. I'd like Liverpool away. That's mine. Where are you going, Will? And for those who don't know, Will obviously works at the club. And what's your job title, Will? Head of the foundation? Uh, head of community. Head yeah. of community. Yeah. So, yeah. What's your ideal draw? Ideal is obviously one of the big boys at home. But I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to go West Ham away. Well, the 2-0 up against Arsenal at the moment as we're recording. So. A little trip to the London Stadium. I've not been, so that will be yeah. all right. Way trip. Yeah, no, I'm, for me, a Northern club's better because obviously I cover the North for work, so I can sort work. If we're away in London, I've got no holidays left, so... You just have to pull a sickie, mate. Let's be honest, they know me very well that if the Vale are playing away and I'm not at work, I don't think I'm going to get away with it. But if we're going on a European tour, you probably don't want a job next year anyway, so... <laughs> I'd have funded some, unless you're offering, Will. <laughs> uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to be able to say yes, I can't afford it. Oh, and there's been a goal at Old Trafford. Newcastle have just taken the lead at Old Trafford. Oh, there you go. So the trip to Old Trafford could be out the window and we might be in St. James's Park instead. But, Will, let's do a quick get know you first and tell people why you're on. So, originally a Vale fan? Yeah, Vale fan all my life, yeah. When was your first game? Can you remember? Um, I was probably about three or four. I've got a vague memory of somebody like Bradford or Bournemouth and we got beat. Oh. It was in the in 
what was a paddock when they had wooden seats. Um, but then probably really remembering the sort of early 90s, sort of 92, 93, uh, going the bike cars with my dad. Yeah, similar to me then, I sort of early 90s and Wembley 93 against Stockport and yeah. them sort of memories. I can't remember my first name. Similar to you, I was two or three got. Back then you got passed over the turnstile. Yeah, well, I probably should, I've told them at the club, so they already know I probably owe my fortune. But my dad, <laughs> my dad used to take me and my cousin when it was about five to get in, and he used to lean over and say, "Can I pay for one and put one over?" And we yeah. always so. Yeah, yeah, we we did the same. I know. <laughs> so sorry, Carol, I don't do it now. I don't think I'd sneak in without someone noticing me anymore. Yeah, but yeah. So favorite player growing up? Um, going to be a Vale player. I'm probably going to go for Ian Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Really like. How old are you, Will? 38. Yes, a couple of years older than me, so yeah, just. Because yeah. I just sort of caught the end of Taylor. Yeah. I think it was more so as well, like he was he was just such a typical Rudgy player. They picked him up from, was it the Dog and Duck in some Birmingham league somewhere for nothing? Yeah, more, 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 more. Yeah, yes, yeah. more green, yes. And then turned him into a million pound player that we sold and that, that'd that be unheard of now. Can you imagine if we did that now and just, well, I don't think we would with the strength of the academy system around the country, but um, but yeah, Ian Taylor, just really liked watching him play. Any of that sort of era aside, to be honest, but Ian Taylor sticks out for me. Yeah, quality. And cheap plug for those that haven't read John Rudd's books or haven't been brought yet. I've finished the Vale chapters on it and I am carrying on, I haven't stopped there. But great story in there about how we signed Ian Taylor and a phone call with a certain Mr. Neil Warnock that happened after. So I won't give it away. Go and buy the boot. The funds go towards the Rudgy statue. So the other one that we always ask, Will, a rational dislike. So a player that for no specific reason, you just, or there might be a reason, but everyone seemed to fancy the player. So it's not like an Exodus Gagan that nobody thought was any good. It's someone that, yeah. like someone's gone Luke Rogers because he was constantly offside. Yeah. Johnny quite openly says it was Adam Yates because Johnny tried to play right back and didn't think Yates was very good, although Yates was a professional footballer, Johnny was a professional piety. But yeah, so we had the other week we had someone Cristiano Ronaldo just because they didn't particularly so it can be a veil player, it can be a non veil player, but someone that everyone seemed to take a liking to and you just couldn't Um it's a really good question. I'm going to be really controversial. Well, I might, might, may or may not be controversial. Um, Dan Townley probably won't like me for this one. But I'm going to go collectively for the class of 92. Fair enough. Um, I think they had a great era and great players. But I think they were probably, they were ahead of the time where no one else had an academy and Man United had a great academy and that showed. I don't necessarily think that meant they were all fantastic footballers and obviously not necessarily all fantastic people either, but I'd go for that. Yeah, that's fair enough. And were you there the night where they turned up at Vale Park and no one knew who they were? Yes, I remember that night. Well, because I remember obviously being a little lad, turning to my dad going, where's Cantona, where's Giggs, where's Michael? Yeah. And that's like return with the feet up. <laughs> yeah. And we took the lead in that game as well. We did. We? Free kick. I remember it. Free kick over the wall in front of the bike cars. Because I was in the family stand watching. The old family stand that's now where yeah. the scoreboard is. Yeah. 
So, yeah. So, Will, you're here this week as the AFL week of action. Well, next weekend, should I say. Yeah. Starts on Monday. Tell us a bit about that and what it entails and what it means for us as a club. Yeah, so uh, the week of action is something that so all the all clubs in the country um, have a CC, what's called a CCO, so a community club organisation, whether they're a community trust or a foundation. So the 72 EFL clubs um, all have one of those. Obviously, Port Vale Foundation is ours. And the week of action is essentially a bit of a spotlight on that as a national thing to kind of celebrate and promote all the work that clubs do across the country. Um within their communities you know we all know the power of football and what it can do for people and help them out whether that's people who are struggling a little bit or just wanting to achieve something or do something and um so it's a bit of a spotlight on that and there's there's a stat that's sort of 80 percent of the population live within 15 miles of an efl club yeah. um so in terms of a connection to your local club or you know your local community that it, the week of action basically is um, shines a spotlight on it, so we'll be doing a whole range of different stuff during the week. Yeah, brilliant. How long have you been at the club, Will? So I've been here for coming up to three years, um, but I've only been head of community for six months. So I was doing a slightly different role, um, sort of more development, business development um, before, and then obviously Matt came in in January. There was quite a bit of a restructure across the whole club. Um, positive changes and all that sort of stuff and then we kind of realigned the community stuff there was a few changes um, and I stepped up to head of community. Brilliant. So tell us a bit about that what's it entail are you in charge of setting up the Golden Valiants etc and everything that goes on that side and tell us a bit about that and another one I want to ask you and I'm throwing a few at you here Baggers in his newsletter the other day um, and West Ham have just gone 3-0 up against us and doesn't look like we'll be in the Arsenal in the Cup um, Told a story about someone turning up for an antenatal class with the child and the yeah. Did you that one? And I thought I thought that was a real heartwarming story. And someone that I didn't know the club did having people's old clothes that they could then use for giving yeah. other people less needy. And we did promote it on the pod, and I thought that was a great initiative. So some stuff that we don't know about. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, definitely. And again, that's probably by the you know next week. So important. We we probably are the best kept secrets of the club in terms of the stuff that goes on. Um, but uh, I suppose the head of community role, essentially anything community related comes under me. So we do we do the more traditional stuff like your core stuff you'd expect around your sport and physical activity, going into schools, after school clubs, breakfast clubs, lunch clubs, uh, doing PE lessons, supporting, um, you know, supporting teachers with a CPD and stuff. Um, we do education employability, so people who are struggling or, or looking to get some new skills or find employment, giving them different sort of um, routes into that, not necessarily sport, not necessarily football, just kind of giving them the confidence and some life skills that they perhaps haven't got. Um, we do all the community engagement stuff, which is the, the outreach to uh, different parts of the communities, perhaps marginalised groups, groups we don't normally associate the football with. Um, and different groups, and then the health and wellbeing stuff, which is which is what Bag has alluded to in his um, yeah. in the work he does. So through Best Cure and the and the family centre, is essentially we're a we're a football club right in the middle of our community. You know, we're not on a retail park or we're not stuck out there somewhere. We are embedded in the community, and and as as much as we need to be brilliant on the pitch and brilliant out there on a, on a Saturday afternoon. To be a really proper a proper club, and I think uh, the best club we can be, we have to be there for the community that we sit in as well. So we're not just an island, and we're not just 
isolated from the I think I think we have a bit of a civic duty as I call it to help people and help the community. And obviously that's why the Shanahan's bought the club in the first place because they wanted to help Burslem um, and help the the area and, and we all do it. I grew up there, love the place, love the area, love the people. So immensely proud and um it's great to be able to oversee all these programmes and hopefully help people just improve people's lives, improve the community. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I think it's fantastic what we do as a club. And as you say, you go to some of these new grounds, they're in the middle of nowhere. They're not. We are in the heart of community. I'm in Newcastle at the moment for work. I drove up this morning after being in Mansfield last night, and their stadium's middle of the community is fantastic, and they're all black and yeah. white there, just as we are. And to me, that's what a football club is. You look at Luton, yeah. it's a proper ground. People mock it. It's in the community. I don't want any of these on the stadium. So... What can fans do? How can we help? What can we do to give back? Um, like I say, I didn't realise that you could come and bring your old used clothes that you don't want anymore. Obviously, they're still in a good condition, but maybe yeah. people have put a bit of weight on heading towards Christmas, can't fit in them and won't get rid of them. <laughs> so what can fans do? Yeah, so in, in terms of what fans can do, it's, it is probably the biggest thing they can do is help us shout about it and get the message out there. Because we are... Um, you know, the foundation operates as a charity. It's a legal, legally registered charity. So getting the message out and telling people what we do is I want to be able to, um, you know, if you could line up 100 Vale fans and ask them what Port Vale Foundation is or what the charity, the, the community work is that we do for them to have a general understanding and know what that's about to, to understand the bigger picture of what the club's trying to do in the local area. Um, because then that not only raises our profile, but also it gives people that, um, you know, that sort of prescribing bit so they can, you know, if the mate says they're struggling with something, they might direct them in the way that the work that's going on in the community if they're wanting to, like you say, lose a bit of weight, we've got a programme for that, get a bit of support. With the mental wellbeing, they've got a bit, we've got a, a programme for that. So we've usually got programmes for different things that just helps raise our profile, helps um, to kind of grow the work that we're trying to do in the community and essentially grow the club as well. Um, yeah. But in addition, next week, um, as part of EFL Week of Action, next week we'll be um, we'll be kind of announcing our Christmas appeal um, as well. That's linked to that, so a really important time for the community work. Um, so as well as raising profile, there's, that people can get involved with volunteering, um, as I know you will be um, at yeah. some point. Friday doesn't clash with quarterfinals, yeah. uh, and um, donate food, donate presents for the Christmas appeal and also um, there'll be a Just Giving page so if people can't physically give stuff they can donate cash um, towards the appeal and then we can make sure that people um, people are supported so really it's just it's just about getting fans to shout about it to, to recognise the community work that's going on and, and support it overall Yeah, brilliant and we've got a few many so obviously on the podcast we talk about mental health a lot and you know I've opened up about my struggles with mental health and we talk about how people can reach out so we always say our DMs are open and people can talk to us. What is it the club can do for mental health? Because I'm really interested in that aspect and getting that message out. Yeah, well, I think... Um, Apart from winning every game, which obviously can't happen because yeah, we can't yeah. talk that. Yeah, we, we did that last night, at least. Yeah, we did. Well, I think, that, I think uh, in terms of mental health, I think football as a whole and you know local clubs, they've, they've got a massive role to play. Um, We've we've recently um, set up a partnership with Andy's Man Club, which is a national um, a national chain of uh, peer to peer support groups. So we're, we're hosting that now every Monday night in Tommy Cheadle's. Um, so we have we have interventions like that, but um, we do stuff with uh, team mental health as well. So we've got a current program that we run 
um, with three different cohorts of teen girls, which has been fascinating because it's it's a it's a a group that is less associated with the football club at the moment. Um, really interesting one. We've got a group of um, Muslim teenage girls that are engaging with Port Vale, um, and, and, and a group that perhaps couldn't be stereotypically further away from a football club in the local community. So, um, and obviously it does engage them with the club. But I think to answer your question as a whole. Um, Football clubs just have a power to to bring people together, to unite them, to get people to open up. Biggest killer of men is suicide uh, for, for men under 50 yeah. in the country. And But, you know, there's an association there that, that men like football. Men would prefer to sit down and have a chat with their mates about the football rather than talking about things that are maybe going on. So I think it's just getting that message out there, break the stigma down. Like you say, people's DMs are open. People can always contact the club for support, no matter what it is. There'll always be someone there to talk to, to to engage with. It's well documented that in recent years, the club's gone through some real challenges around mental health with people who just work there. Yeah. Um, so it's just really, really important. Again, I, I always come back to the power of the badge is massive. The power of that Port Vale badge and connection is huge. It gets, you know, it engages people. It's not... And, w- and when they come to our sessions around mental health, it's not a clinical environment. It's not threatening. You know, everyone's in a veil shirt. You can talk about the match. You can talk about the, the the week you've had and that sort of stuff. But you're just in a softer environment. It doesn't feel like you've got to go, oh, bloody hell, I've got to go a clinic or I've got to go to my session and I, need, and I need help. It just removes that stigma. So that's yeah. a big role we're trying to play. Yeah, brilliant. And anything we can do as a podcast help. You know, give us a shout, we're more than happy to. Last one from me, um, the shirt I'm wearing, you can see I've got the shirt on, the Wedgwood yep. Blue shirt, the new third shirt, absolutely gorgeous. And obviously all the funds of this are going to the foundation, so how big a boost to that? It's massive, it's absolutely massive. And I think, again, it just underlines the commitment to the club, to the community work that's going on, the importance that it has um, to to support us with with programs and that really is fans giving back to the club they're getting a, a lovely shirt um a bit my favorite out of the three i must say now i love the away and not a massive yeah. fan of the omen i'll admit it <laughs> love the away but it's my favorite of the three i think yeah. it's beautiful and, and fans have got a piece of history that's a legacy that they've got and that funding will go towards all the programs i've talked about that funding will go towards making sure we can sustain some of sustain some of those and and keep things going or also potentially develop new programmes as well. So um, anyone who hasn't got one, and if there's any left, go out and buy one. Um, but it but it is brilliant. I mean, again, uh, the commitment from the club's fantastic, not just the owners from across the whole club. I'm in contact with a lot of other community club organisations. I used to work for a different one that was a really fantastic one. Um, but some have no connection to the club at all. You know, I, I was talking to one the other the other week, and um, they don't even get match tickets for their foundation to give away to schools. That's the level they're at. Um, you know, asking how how do you get an invite to your senior leadership team? I said, I don't get an invite. I'm just in it. I am the senior lead. I'm in the senior leadership team. The community is a vital part of the club. Um, so the, the culture we've got is fantastic, and that's obviously driven from the top. But um, yeah, hopefully next week everyone will get to see lots of stuff that's going on. Yeah, brilliant. And lastly, if people do want volunteering out that way, I would again touch because obviously a lot of workplaces do get volunteering days now, and a lot of people will want to give it back to the club. As you know, I've already got in touch with it, and yeah. a couple of colleagues are coming down and doing a volunteer day as soon as we can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they can just 
get in touch with us. They can email us directly, um, foundation.trust at portvale.co.uk and just express their interest that way. And then we'll, we, we can bring people in to have a discussion with them and find out exactly what they want to do. But as you say, again, part of that community bit is local businesses getting involved and they might not all be in a position to give cold hard cash, so to speak, but giving a few hours of the time to just help in different ways is always going to be uh, great. So, yeah, please do get in touch. And if you, if you want to come and get involved, you're more than welcome. Yeah, brilliant. And as you've already said, the email address is there. Get in touch. People will do a great job at the club and the community. We've seen since the Shanahan's took over, as you said, that we're a massive community-based club. And if you're thinking, what's it do for the playing side? Well, actually, it brings fans in as well. Yeah. But that isn't what it's there for. It's there to help the local community out, Burslem. We know that Burslem is, you know, a deprived area in some places. And if we can help the people of Burslem and surrounding areas, which I'm Burslem born and bred, you yeah. know, the more we can do, the better. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining us. We no will problem. let Andy and Tom jump on and talk about last night's match now. But yeah, there we go. Before, as I'm waiting for them, they're jumping on. Favourite memories of AF. And I've always said mine was Everton in the FA Cup. Where are you going? Um, favourite memories of AF fan? Probably, um, probably the Pottery's Derbies of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, they were special. Where we played a, a, a lot, in in a weird twist of fate, and it's a story for another day. My brother is a Stoke fan. Oh, so um, somewhat went wrong there. Long story short, yeah. Well, my dad's a Vale fan. He always says he brought the wrong baby home from the hospital. But yeah, um, so he was a bit older than me, so he used to fill me in all the time. But um, <laughs> I've beat him up now. Like. Yeah, uh, but, get uh, him back. But yeah, just that and, you know, being at school and everyone was either a Vale fan or a Stoke fan and, you know, I'm, a, I'm actually not one. If Stoke are doing well, then fair enough. I think it's good for the area. But, um, yeah, just having that rivalry and the, the Pottery's Derby's that were regular were brilliant. So hopefully they're not too far away from getting back. Yeah, fingers crossed. We might draw them in the quarterfinal. Oh, no, we won't no, draw them in that, will we? No, no. Only the big clubs go through. Yeah, and only the big clubs go through. And as we're talking, Newcastle are 2-0 up at Old Trafford. So that came against United. Looks out the window. Arsenal, last I saw, were three down at West Ham. Let's have a quick look how them scores are going. Liverpool were winning, so that's maybe... We'll tell you what about the odds on Vale winning the Carabao Cup are less than United and Arsenal's at the moment. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's have a quick look, and then the others will jump on. Carabao Cup, we've got West Ham 3, Arsenal 0 at the moment. Bournemouth nil, Liverpool one. Cody Gakpo with that goal. Chelsea one, Blackburn nil. Although two Sterling selections just scored, make it two. Everton are beating Burnley two. Now maybe we can have another Valentine's maybe. Day 1996. Yeah. Fulham are beating Ipswich two nil. Newcastle are beating United two nil. So as it stands, us and Middlesbrough will be the only EFL clubs left in the EFL competition at the round of the quarterfinal. Well, let's just hope we stay away from each other. <laughs> yeah, unless they're going to roll over for us and let us tickle the ballys. Yeah, and then, yeah. I'll, and then I'll take anyone over two legs. Oh, yeah, we'll stuff them. Another trip out to Wembley. Yeah. Easy, but yeah, thanks for your time, Will. No problem, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. If anyone's got any questions and they don't know where to go, fire them into us and we'll send them over to Will or send them straight over to the Foundation. Real, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers, See you mate. Thanks Cheers. for jumping on. See you later. Turn up, turn up.
So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah. There we go. So order make delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.